0: Episode 242, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 5, Episode 10, Past Life. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, welcome back to Welcome to Level 7, and it's so glad to see you, which is what I would say if we were meeting face-to-face, but since I'm talking to a microphone right now, and you're listening, and you're not anywhere near me, I I shouldn't say that, but I I would, I would, and I totally would say nice to see you, Samantha, if I could see you, but I can't, so, Samantha, nice nice to hear you.
1: Hi, Hi. Hi, Ben, Uh, I'd say nice to see you too, but nice to hear you yes
0: yeah all the pleasantries just get thrown way off when you start podcasting you just start overthinking and then you start underthinking and you just it's just high (laughs) (laughs) let's leave it at that so how you doing
1: i am very good how are you
0: very good very good uh this is the last episode before the hiatus of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I do want to say uh, hopefully this episode got out in a more timely manner than last episode I want to apologize for that and I also want to apologize to any of you who happened to download it before I fixed the audio at the end there was a audio glitch that slipped through I did fix it once I was notified about it actually by you Samantha <laughs> and um, so I do want to apologize for that but uh, you know things happen life happens And there's just a little bit of things in life that happened. And yeah, but now we're here and we're moving on. You know, the past is the past. And we're we're moving into the future. You know, we don't have a monolith that we can step into and and send us into the past. We just have to keep on moving through the future the slow way.
1: Yes, the past is in the past. Let it go. Let it go.
0: You know, you've got this the title past life. It's interesting because uh on, it could, you kind of look at it in a couple different ways in, in light of this episode, of you know being past, you know having a past life like Yo Yo, or being being past life, as, as they move beyond people who've died and um there's,
1: or you know Tess she has a past life and you now she has a present life
0: that's true that's very true yeah and well, well we'll be talking about Tess for sure like yes there's no yes. way around it she's she's got an interesting character going on here yes So yeah, okay. Well, let's 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 just get to it then. Let's uh, let's start talking about some news, and then we'll get into the episode, and we'll do the whole the whole shebang. We've got a a feedback to read. We've got comics that I've read that I'm going to talk about post credit. Um, So let's just jump into it.
1: Okay. Shield intelligence report.
0: All right. So as far as news goes, there's not a whole lot. There's Black Panthers coming very soon. Uh, very excited about that. And uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back March 2nd. So if you are listening to this anytime after the hiatus, but before the beginning of the, the back end of the season um, here in February, March 2nd is what you have to look forward to. And we're coming close to episode 100. And in light of this episode, I'm a little nervous about some of the possibilities what could happen in episode 100. When Coulson, no, not Coulson. Clark, Greg, Greg said some words that now talking about it might might be a spoiler. So I'm not going to talk about that. But, um, but the news that I want to bring up is indirectly related to Agents of Shield, and that is because it, it's related to Friday nights on ABC, and they have announced that uh, Once Upon a Time is going to have this is its final season right yes they said uh, season seven is its final season and I'm assuming that they're in season seven right now yes okay so they are done with once upon a time which is the lead-in show on Friday for agents of shield Um, I find it interesting that they announce it now and you know, I'm curious. What does this mean for Agents of Shield? I'm curious. Um, I'm curious why they chose this timing for For Once Upon a Time. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. But the fact that they've paired these shows up intentionally this year uh, makes this uh, a, something something worth talking about, at least as we are looking at what is the future of our show of Agents of Shield. As we finish out this really strong season.
1: I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. I mean, it could... Well, they may decide to uh, end the show, knock on wood. Or they may decide to move the show back to maybe like Tuesday or Monday or... A better night for yeah. Agents of Shield.
0: Yeah, uh, or they may pair it up with a new adventure show, um, or or at least a new genre show. You know, the a sci fi fantasy kind of thing. I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious what it means for Agents of Shield, but the f- it's just this kind of felt out of left field. Like all of a sudden they're announcing it, you know, and boom, yeah. it's, it's no. This is the last season and you know seven seasons is is a good run oh yes uh i mean it's it's not breaking any records but it's a solid run Uh, my understanding this season is kind of a soft reboot or (sighs) yeah they they kind of potentially set up for uh, to finish it last season and so now they're they're I, I haven't watched it though, so I I'm, this is just what I've picked up from people talking about it.
1: Yeah, I kind I, I really wish that they had, and I I haven't seen all of this current season, but I have seen a few episodes. There is, um, they are trying to tie it back into the earlier seasons, but um, I kind of wish that they had just ended Once Upon a Time and then started. A new spinoff series with some of the original cast from Once Upon a Time, but I guess they decided not to do that. Um, yeah, because
0: they had Once Upon a Time, and then for a while there, they had one season with Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Yeah, and then they could have done you know Twice Upon a Time, or something. Yeah,
1: they could have, and
0: yeah. or Once Upon a Time again.
1: <laughs> Once Upon a Time, Portland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, just thinking or once about once upon
0: a time, special victims unit.
1: <laughs> Was it Portland or Seattle that I don't know? You you haven't seen the show, but yeah, right. they no, I haven't. they they've moved the main story out of Storybrooke and into Seattle, I think. And all the characters are very. They're under the same curse again, but it's – they're under different circumstances, so they're behaving in a – some of them are behaving in a different manner, but that's that's beside the point. Yeah. Um,
0: so, but yeah. All that to say, I don't know what it means for S.H.I.E.L.D., but it means something.
1: You know, I wonder if they had just moved um, the show to Friday night because of Inhumans. They knew it wasn't going to do so well. And they knew that once upon a time was ending. And
0: well, I mean, they made it. It was a clear, intentional decision to say we're putting these two shows together on Friday night. They go great together. It's two great tastes that taste great together. And it's just this Friday night eight o'clock block of you know two sci-fi fantasy franchise genre shows and. So, we'll see. We will see. But that's that's once upon a time. Let's talk about Age yeah. of Shield. Right. Yes. Let's talk about past life. Mission Report. I'm nervous, Samantha. About? About this show. About where it's going. And about what's going to happen to some of our characters.
1: I'm excited.
0: You're excited?
1: I'm excited. At first, I was very tense, and now I'm excited.
0: I came out of this episode, and yeah, Coulson's going to die. Like, what's up with that, man?
1: He's died before.
0: Yeah, they're not going to bring him back again. Come on.
1: And apparently, they're going to have access to some Kree technology, supposedly, and some Cre themselves.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get into it, but uh, the seer I mean, he, the I'm, seer I'm just, has spoken.
1: I'm just saying, Earth. It's a magical place.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, and I know Coulson's gone through it before, but his conversation with Tess, where he's kind of helping her with that whole, you know. You got to live now. You've got to live for. You've got things to live for. Um, You know, that's that's great. But then the whole Daisy conversation where he's talking with Daisy about. You got to you got to lead.
1: Yeah, got to lead.
0: Why do you got to lead? Because I'm not going to be around to lead.
1: Yeah. Oh, and also that that black stuff, the uh, odium is in his system.
0: Well, there's something there. He's he's been poisoned. Yes. And yeah, it. I don't want to lose Coulson. Coulson's why we're here.
1: I know. We're gonna have to change the opening to the show if we do that. No. Or, or if they lose him. No.
0: <laughs> no. No. No.
1: No. I'm not okay. changing
0: the opening again. Okay. <laughs> changed it five years ago. Why would I change it again?
1: I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We got something. It works. It's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. And we.
1: It has Clark Reg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have Colson. <laughs> he,
0: he recorded that on his iPhone, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk about this episode. Okay. The team gets to the lighthouse, but Cassias and his Cree are waiting for them. And they come on the, the Zephyr and they run off. So now we have three objectives because. They're heroes. Objective one is to save the Inhumans so that Cassius isn't going to mess with them and kill them and bring them back to life and do what he did with Tess and blah blah blah. Objective number two is reassemble that monolith so that our our agents can get back to the present day. And then objective number three is they're going to kill Cassius, right? They, they're just going to take take care of this guy, you know, because. He's he's trouble. He's trouble. And if they fail, you know, he's going to cause trouble. So they got to get rid of him. And so those are what they have to do. And Flint is very important to them now because he's going to help them reassemble that monolith. So let's talk about Cassius, because he goes and he has a seer and his seer is... Yo yo, (laughs) no (laughs) what? But that's why when he comes out of the hallway, after having talked to his seer, and he sees, uh, he sees Yo Yo, and he's Yo Yo Rodriguez. That's 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 interesting, or whatever he says. (laughs) And he's just kind of, huh? Well, that's weird. Well, that's why because he has he has her, he has a future version of her. That has also moved into the future. The slow way. She is. Died and brought back to life. And she has died and she's been brought back to life. And she has died. She's been killed and brought back to life. And and been killed and brought back to life. And he's been doing this. Basically. To find out information about what's going on. But also because of her DNA. Her inhuman DNA. And. Yeah, what, how surprised were you? Like, what did you think when you saw Yo-Yo?
1: I was surprised. (laughs) Um, And you know, it's interesting um, because the last podcast episode was released after um, this episode, Past Life, was released on ABC. Um, I realized, listening to what we recorded, that we almost connected the dots because we talked about, that conversation where Kasaya says, oh, yo-yo, that's, that's peculiar.
0: Peculiar, that's then, the word, yes.
1: Yeah, and then we jump in almost immediately, like within five minutes, we jump into the conversation about who is his seer? <laughs> <laughs> so we almost got there. We almost got it.
0: <laughs>
1: but we were totally wrong at the same time. Right,
0: right. We were never going to get there. Like – I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we were never going to figure that out as far as that was one of those surprises where it's a great surprise because it makes sense, but you would have never guessed it unless, exactly. unless you were literally trying to figure out the most crazy things, which is what they're doing in the writer's room is figuring out the, the crazy things. But yeah, there is no way I would have ever figured that was the seer. No, no.
1: Yeah. Mm. But not so much a seer as someone who's been there.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he calls her a seer and it's, it's a metaphorical kind of thing. You know, he just has someone who has seen it. Yes. Literally seen it as yes. opposed to someone who is, you know, having visions of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> it's, I
1: loved it. I loved it because I, I, I was not expecting her at all.
0: No, no. But
1: I it was so well done.
0: And it makes sense. So it's not yes. it yeah, it could have been a, just one of those record scratching kind of moments where you're you're just Oh, that doesn't make any well, that's just crazy for the sake of crazy. But it was not. It it may have been crazy for the sake of being crazy, but they did a great job of figuring out what can be crazy and work. And it does. It does the job. Does it well? I, I loved the moment. Um, wish we could have spent more time with her. Yeah, Honest, honestly. So, yeah. But,
1: but she spent a lot of time saying, "Wow, this is amazing," and I was like, "Yo, yo, come on, spill it, spill it."
0: <laughs> yeah, she she did. She I rehearsed what I was going to say. Did I say it right? Even as I say it, I realize I'm not going to stop you because I've heard all these things and it didn't stop me. Um, But yeah, (sighs) Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo comes face to face with herself. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, and I really wanted her to save herself. Yeah. Uh, Now she stands up, she's chained uh, and she has no arms.
1: Oh, that was the worst part.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the chains could could hold her back, but can't stop her from using her power, necessarily. Uh, but with no arms, there's not much she can do other than, like, just really quickly bite someone. And then, <laughs> and then come back to the starting point. But, um, yeah, oh, it just... It, That what a great moment. What a great character moment for for yo yo, for our yo yo, for the yo yo who's going through this with us and you know, seeing this future version of herself, seeing you know, there's nothing she can do about it.
1: Yeah, that's the worst part. Uh, Uh, no, I'm sorry, beyond her future yo yo not having any arms, the worst part is this. There's nothing she can do about it.
0: The, the, yeah, the worst part is she's looking at her future. Yeah. And seeing this thing. Now, when I say there's nothing she can do about it, i, I that's not exactly true. Uh, I mean, I think all of this is building up toward this is the final cycle through this loop. Yes. I, I, and so th- that there is something that can be done. Assuming that's what happens, but I don't know, based on the end of this episode, I'm not sure exactly what the rules of the time travel are other than you can change things, but it may, but it doesn't change, but it does for you. And, and mm. we'll talk about it when we get to the end, but.
1: Well, changing yeah. this cycle is going to clearly going to have some serious consequences,
0: Yes. Yes. Well, let's talk about that because yo-yo and this is, this is a, this is a storytelling moment, you know, as all this time where you are given a warning, a vision of the future. You're given um, a glimpse into the future. Yo-yo coming face to face with future yo-yo is her talking to a seer. She's talking to someone who has future knowledge. And what is the future knowledge? They, you can't save him. You can't save him. And of course, I don't know about you. I think we're talking about Mac. But we're not talking about Mac. We're talking about Coulson. He's dying. Yo yo from the future tells Yo yo from us <laughs> Ma- Coulson's dying. And they have to let him die. He's poisoned. They have to let him die because saving him is what caused the world to become this.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. So what do you do with that then? You know, and again, great moment. Yeah. Um, just the, the whole bit here of Yo-Yo facing herself and getting this message and having to process the message and having to process the, the uh, you know, the actions that she's going to take in the future now. But this is where I'm really like, no, <laughs> no, 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 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., nope, nope,
1: <laughs> nope, They'll Don't. figure this out.
0: Uh, I'm afraid they're going to figure it out without Golson. I'm afraid uh, that episode 100 is going to be a clip show episode at, at his funeral.
1: Oh, no, no, uh-uh. Uh uh-uh. uh. I will not accept a clip show.
0: Okay, fine. That no no so clip show.
1: 90s, that is so nineteen nineties sitcom. No, 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 no.
0: Not just sitcoms. It happened uh, on the dramas too. The hour longs. They had the clip show funeral yeah. scenes and clip show, you know, whatever. Um. Uh. But Okay, fine. No clip show? Okay.
1: No clip show. Funeral. No clip show.
0: Funeral, though. Okay. Are we Are we doing the Coulson funeral for episode 100? Is the big special episode 100 so special because Sam Jackson comes back for Coulson's funeral? And then that's when they tell Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemworth, they show up for the episode and they're like, oh, by the way, he was alive. He didn't... We brought him back. <laughs> he was alive, but thanks for coming to his second funeral. <laughs> oh gosh. And that's how they find out. It's because he died again.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think at this point that they all know, or most of them know.
0: Hey, you gotta think at least at least Captain America knows.
1: At least Captain America, Tony Stark, and Thor. And Black Widow.
0: Yeah, I, there's there's when they released all that information out there in in uh, Winter Soldier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's, there's some Coulson stuff in there.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> maybe they know, but they're being jerks. You know, they they're just not going to visit their friend. They're just like, yeah, he's out there. I'm just going to let him think that we don't know. He can keep his secret. You know, let him feel good about he's got a secret and. Yeah, and he's going to be dead anyway. Come on. I, I if 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 he dies, if he dies, I promise you this. I will say the words that describe how I'm feeling that I've never said before. Because I'll be feeling that way. Okay. I will say the words, and Daniel will roll over in his grave. Like He'll go and find a grave to roll in it, and then come out again. Last
1: I checked, Daniel's not dead.
0: No, no, he's going to find a grave. He's going to roll in the grave. He's going to come out and say, okay, Ben, I rolled in the grave. And the grave was Coulson's. Ugh. Okay. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens. And all that aside, this is great drama. This is great drama. And it's, it's the hero's journey. You know, you've got the, you got the call to action, but the call to action is to, you know, go against what you should, what you think you should do. It's just, there's, there's, there's great dramatic tension here. I just don't want it to happen (laughs) that way.
1: Yeah. Well, my concern, too, is Coulson dying and he's infected with this black goo, which I read somewhere online that it's called odium. Uh, And it's it's what um, it's what Daisy's described as the space PCP.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's what he's infected with, though.
1: Cause that was also the same spot where he was stabbed by the staff that Loki had.
0: Yeah, but I, I think there's poison, but I don't know if it's the odium. Okay, uh, I'd have to go back and rewatch. But, um, yeah, or
1: or or was he bitten by one of the cockroaches there?
0: Man, I I don't remember. What's interesting though, um is I was just reading about uh, a Captain America story arc that I'm very, very curious about reading now. And I, I haven't had a chance to read it or track down like what issues it's in. But in, in when I was collecting comics as a junior high kid, uh, there was a story arc in Captain America that was all about how um, Red Skull cloned Steve Rogers' body and then had his consciousness put into the cloned body. And it all built up to issue number 350 where Red Skull and and Steve Rogers come face to face and they have a battle. And it ends with Red Skull getting uh, Red Skull smoke blown in his face. So his Steve Rogers face turned into an actual Red Skull. And so mm. after that, for a while, Red Skull had Steve Rogers physique with a face that has been mutated into a, a Red Skull. Uh hundreds of issues later, they do a story arc that kind of followed up on that, which was that and and maybe it's not even an issue. Maybe it was because this I think it was a novel maybe that I was looking at, but I thought it was based on on the comic. Anyway, Steve Rogers has a um in his DNA this this virus kind of thing in his body, and they need to get him away from the earth or he'll infect like the world. And but the, the the cloned body that Red Skull has also has that same virus in it. So they have to find him because he's a ticking time bomb. And it just sounds really interesting. And then now we've got this idea here that they have to let Coulson die. Saving him is what caused the world to end up going to where it ended up. And, you know, maybe the poison is actually linked to somehow why the, the world got destroyed the way it did. Uh, I don't know how it, that would work, but... Yeah, there's there's some interesting possibilities there, but I, I get the impression that in the past when all this happened was when Cassius's father came. Did did you get that impression?
1: Yes, and I'm still wondering wondering who exactly is his father, because there were some allusions. It, it could be another uh, just your another Cree. Um, it could be Thanos.
0: <laughs> because that would kept, be interesting
1: it would be because there were some illusions like that earth it, my father he believes that earth is this bright blue gem and i'm thinking the tesseract
0: <laughs> well <laughs> Actually, i mean, i had to
1: rewind it to, to go back huh. and listen to that phrase again i was like is he referring to earth or the tesseract
0: uh, I mean, I when I heard it, I, I my brain just glossed over it because we talk about you know Earth being a blue pearl, you know that kind of thing in yeah. an ocean of space or whatever. And um, <laughs> interesting though, I, I don't think they would go there, but they could. They could totally go there. Yeah, because
1: uh, <laughs> I don't think you know, Thanos is not Cree.
0: No, no,
1: but he did have adopted children.
0: However the way they talk about the father, it, it sounds like the father is a Cree. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. But Ronan, uh, Gamora, they also mm-hmm. refer to Thanos as their father.
0: Yeah, well, and and Nebula too.
1: Yeah, yeah. and Nebula, yeah.
0: Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I doubt they're going to go there, but... They still could link them up together. They still could hitch this season's wagon to that movie. Yeah. Uh, and and you know they're they're dealing with another I don't know faction or something that's that's come to the earth. But um, hmm. Well, okay. So let's talk about that stuff then. The space PC- okay. PCP. Yeah. Uh, it's a potion that. Caesius's family uses when their back is against the wall and they know they're going to die, and it's basically so they can go out fighting and take as much of the other people with them as they can, which sheds a little bit of new light on the story that Caesius's past, uh, where he f- he met Sonora, or not met Sonora, but when when they had a, their 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 uh, connection where she saved his life. Um, he was supposed to fight and instead they call him a coward. And are they calling him a coward because he didn't use the potion? Mm. You know, like he should have died fighting. He should have died fighting with this, you know, gooey stuff that causes his eyes to bleed black tears and causes his mouth to look like he's uh, been eating pudding with a fork um, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> so this stuff turns you into this berserker, wild guy who feels no pain but feels lots of rage. And we get to see it in work. You know, we we see it on someone else, so we can know what we're we're heading toward. But I did not think we were heading toward him doing that for himself, because I, I didn't think he was going to die. Honestly, <laughs> that was another surprise. And another surprise was him talking to Sonara throughout the whole episode, <laughs> which was kind of creepy. Mm. And So
1: it's like Sonara was tr- keeping him kind of balanced. And now that she's gone, he's lost his mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's yeah. he's, he's consulting with her, <laughs> which, you know, she's she's quiet but they can't bring her back
1: well she's usually quiet
0: yeah that's true that's true yeah so you know being dead doesn't change that much as far as the communication thing <laughs> um but they can't bring her back they're you know she's she's not just mostly dead you know she's she's <laughs> she's dead dead um yeah magic max is not gonna gonna bring him back or bring her back
1: (laughs) a shame a pity (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. uh so she's gone he's he's going crazy he's flipping out a little bit and um, yeah so we where do we move from here let's see all right the other mission They got to recreate that monolith. And so they Simmons works with Flint. That's kind of nice. And the way she's working with him, kind of explaining how to use his power. And, you know, you can feel what's in there. Can you feel what's not there? Can you? And he's, yeah, I can kind of feel it. And then they send him out into space and he gathers some materials and uses those materials to break the window for some Cree, and they get sucked into space. He goes in to the the Cree living area and is able to pull together uh, and create the, uh, what do you call it? He's able to create a composite of, of materials of the, you know, ah shoot. I can't remember what the actual limestone, they're using limestone and some other stuff. And, and he uses that to create the monolith. He's able to repair the monolith. Meanwhile, you got the machine on the Zephyr that controls or guides the monolith and that has to be repaired. And so Enoch is on the ship. He's doing all that. The Cree are searching the ship and every once in a while, they'll come by and try and get in the room where he is. He'll have to do something. Uh, Deke decides, okay, this is worth fighting for. And so he ends up going to the, the Zephyr and helping Enoch and he doesn't want to do this. He, (laughs) it's kind of the Lando thing. This deal keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> but they, he he goes. He knows it's a suicide mission, but he goes and he helps Enoch. And Enoch, in a, in a fight with some Kree, gets hurt, and so they hook up his power to the the ship. But it's going. He's fading fast. Um, yeah. But the monolith is built. They've they're they're going to be able to activate it, but they need the whole team to do this so mac goes to find yo-yo and finds Cassius with future yo-yo and cuts future yo-yo's throat mm. kills her right in front of mac mac is still trying to figure out what happened to her arms and then she's dead and then we get some fighting and it's pretty brutal fighting Cassius drinks the stuff fights mac and it's it's bad it's really bad Mac is saved by Simmons, who uses the hearing, the implanty thingy that they had for the slave people. And she puts that into Cassius's ear, which gives him there's enough of a distraction for Mac to kill him with the axe gun through the chest. And. I, I have to say it, I thought that was dumb. I, I did not like the the axe gun through the chest. It just was so impractical. Uh, it's just, like it's an axe, you know, and it's not, it's not super perfectly streamlined the way a sword would be, you know, and it's just, yeah, it yeah. felt impractical, but I, was, I did like, it was a moment.
1: Yeah, I did like, yeah. I, I did like uh, Simmons putting the thing into his ear to make him dub. Loved that, was, that. Yeah.
0: Loved that. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but the fight man. Oh. Mac. <laughs> he takes some punishment man. Mm. It was brutal. Brutal.
1: At one point I thought Mac was dead. Because he was thrown against the wall so so brutally. Yeah. That well that I I I I seriously thought that that was when he died and he was just dead.
0: There was all these cubes you know, for the 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 arena fights and stuff, and he gets thrown like onto the corner of one of those cubes, like just on his back, just like hits, and I'm just, oh man, that's that would hurt really bad. Uh, I don't I don't think he even had any broken bones, but
1: that would at least like do something to your spine, at least misalign it or something. Ugh.
0: St- yeah, oh, yeah, he he needs a good massage after they go through the model. <laughs>
1: He needs to say <clears throat> chiropractor.
0: Yeah. 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 Just go once though, Mac, you don't want to get dependent on the chiropractor, you know, because that, that, that can be a racket. You gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah. You gotta go to the right guy. You gotta make sure you're going to one who actually is trying to help you and not just trying to get you, you know, to come in every time. And yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, that stuff that Cassius K- drank and it made all that black goo come out of his eyes and mouth. Do you know what that reminded me of? I do not. The markings that Ronan had on his face in Guardians of the
0: Galaxy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. I I would imagine that's intentional, yeah.
1: Yeah, and one of the guards has a similar marking through his eye, or below his eyes, so that may be why they put those markings on their faces, is to scare their enemy to think they're on this chemical.
0: Yeah. 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 That's cool. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. I mean, that's actually what you're, I mean, it's a retcon where they're kind of looking at it and saying, okay, well, we've got this thing, you know, let's, let's, let's make this fit that, but it fits nicely. Yes. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Especially since you can see in this episode that they wear a lot of makeup. And I'm not talking about the blue skin. I mean, like the whiteness on Cassius's face. I think is makeup, because that whiteness around Sinara's eyes were makeup. You could, because when he touched her face, you could see the the white makeup coming off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're <laughs> a makeup loving culture.
0: It looked like a, a mistake, honestly, but it worked. Yeah. Have you seen them do the the makeup for? they they posted a couple of videos of um Cassia and Sonara going through the makeup chair. Oh, I'd and, love to. Oh, it's 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 wonderful. It's so neat. And you get to see what they look like without their makeup and it's really cool.
1: I've seen pictures of them without their makeup.
0: Yeah, this the,
1: Yeah, I yeah.
0: It it's it's a lot. And they they go through yeah. all the blue and they do the blue base and then they go over it with with the white and yeah. But they they call him the albino mime, I think, or something like that. When <laughs> I think Yo-Yo calls him that when she's really not liking him in the last episode, but
1: Well, he does kind of look like a blue mime. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it, it the culture though, I, I think that there is something to that. And and also if you think about it then some of those guys, they, it was black makeup that they're wearing, uh, but Sonara and and Cassias, it's white makeup that they're wearing. right uh, but I And am...
1: with with Cassias with his obsession with perfection, um, and it it's more than just white. I mean, there's like some uh it looks like eyeliner, and mm-hmm. one side it, it it is looks like he's starting to tear up. on the other side, it's kind of perfect, and there's some um golden dots around his eye. So while he's obsessed with with perfection, even his makeup is unbalanced and imperfect. But it's – well, it's imperfect but it's oddly balanced. Though yeah. it's not symmetrical. That's what I was thinking of. The, the,
0: the thing is though – I mean that's, that's one of those you could easily say, well, it's imperfect to us. But it's, that it's might be – It's
1: imperfect and perfect.
0: That that might be the ideal for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's they. What's interesting about the Cree is we're getting this kind of uh, this this big, broad based alien culture, uh, but we're getting it from two angles. We're getting it from the movie side, and now this. I mean, well, we've we've been getting it from the TV side for a long while, um, but here is where we really kind of see more and more of the culture, and it's it's interesting. They're not Klingons by any stretch, but they are still interesting.
1: Mm.
0: Not Klingons yet. I mean, give a couple seasons, maybe they could become Klingons. But that the Klingon culture and and other cultures in Star Trek, it's really interesting how well they fleshed out just this these societies and
1: Yeah. I I really love Studying and reading about the Klingon culture, because on the one side you do have these warriors, but on the other time, other side they love Shakespeare and opera,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. they have these very tight knit family
0: groups. Yeah, and not all of them are are warriors, you know. And you know, I I would love to see. Uh, and they, they they did explore it some, but you know, to see the, you know the poet, you know, who's yeah, I don't want to fight. I want to sing. <laughs> uh, okay, so. They have to do the monolith and they have to do it now because Enoch is running out of power. And so they do it. They just go ahead and they do it. And Coulson's holding Daisy because Daisy wasn't going to come, but Coulson wasn't going to let her not come. May is there. So we got those three. We got Fitz there, but Mac and Yo-Yo and Simmons are running to make it in time. Do they make it? Because it just fades to black. The monolith activates. It fades to black. I'm assuming they made it. But <laughs> but the show is making us want to. The show wants us to ask the question. Did they make it? Yeah. So what do you think? Did they uh, make it?
1: I think they made it. Because they made it back in the earlier cycles.
0: I'm just curious. What would then, they do with the-, the show. If they didn't make it?
1: Then again, I don't know because I would assume that if they went back and this is the last cycle of this loop, I would assume that um, this present with the fractured Earth and the few humans left um, would just end. But no, we saw an epilogue where Flint right. is putting the Earth back together.
0: And who knows what that even means, you know, but uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of open-ended stuff here yeah. in, in this ending where you have, okay, so, f- well, did they or did they not make it? Well, who knows? If they didn't make it, there's some weird stuff that's going to have to happen where they get back and Fitz is like, yo, we, we got to go back to the future. But um, <laughs> the so assuming they they make it or whatever in the future it's not just fixed it doesn't disappear tess and flint are in a ship and they are going to go and they're going to work at putting things back together which whatever that means but then she's i'm thinking okay you know get those remaining humans back together and we're we're going to you know eke out a better existence now but then she picks up that little globe like here's here's your blueprint Here. <laughs> <laughs> Rebuild it or whatever. And, and maybe that's what they're going to try and do is actually pull it all back together and build a new planet. Uh, who, who knows? But I was just surprised to see they're still there. I was yeah. also surprised because you had texted right after you saw the episode and said we were wrong uh, about some things that we had talked about in our last Welcome to Level 7.
1: Oh, that was about future Yugo.
0: Right. But I thought. Once the episode was done, I thought, "Okay, is she talking about Flint? I was Mm. expecting Flint to go back with them. No, he stayed in the future.
1: Well, we were wrong about a heck of a lot of things.
0: Yeah. yeah, But
1: and you were like, spoilers, I don't want to hear spoilers. I'm like, I didn't spoil anything. (laughs) (laughs) I was being too vague to spoil anything. I was
0: afraid you're going to keep talking and and continue. You know, we were wrong about. But you didn't. No, nope. I was wrong. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but anyway, what does this mean? Does this? This is where. Okay, are we are we talking about this whole time travel thing where it's the, kind of the the new Star Trek movie situation where the prime timeline continued going, and the the Romulan went back in time and change things and it created a splinter universe that the one off in its own direction with a new timeline. And so when Spock followed them back to stop that, to stop the bad guy, Spock is back in time, but he's in this new timeline. And so the prime timeline that has all the TV shows and episodes that we are familiar with from the past, then you've got them running side by side in these two universes. And, and so Spock actually goes back in time, not to save his universe, but to save this new universe where, um, that's Eric Bana, uh, who was the bad yeah. guy. And, uh, so is that the kind of thing we have here where that future that was created is going to continue going. They are going back in time now. And when they stop the earth from being destroyed, they are actually creating a new universe with a new timeline. And that's, that's going to be the the timeline that the movies are following still um because obviously the earth is not going to be it's not going to look like that in the movies
1: right um that is a possibility that there is a splinter timeline going on and it goes on in, in its own existence um whether it's just for this one short scene or whether they do a spin-off series
0: yeah or i mean the other thing you can think of is if this really is a loop that's happened many, many, many times, it's possible that uh, you know they've created many, many different universes.
1: Oh, true.
0: So, yes, I, I don't know. I don't know, but
1: yeah. though if they do go back in time and they change things and this loop ends, it's still nice to have that epilogue to know that. Yes, this universe did splinter off, but they kept going, and things are going to be okay.
0: Yeah, they're he- they're heading off into a positive sunset, right? Yeah. So, anything else to talk about with this episode? I mean, there's actually a lot to talk about with this episode. But anything on your mind?
1: Uh, yeah, that whole section where Cassius is talking and he's going a little nuts. Uh, someone hands him a sketch that Robin did. Uh, they found this sketch on. Um, uh, on. Uh, what's it called? The plane?
0: The Zephyr. The Zephyr,
1: yeah. thank you. They found the sketch that Robin did on the Zephyr of the monolith. And that sketch stops Cassius in his tracks because he clearly recognizes it.
0: Yeah, he knows what it means.
1: Yes. So. What does that mean?
0: I don't know. I don't think we've seen the end of Cassius. I think Cassius is going to show up in the past now. It'll be a Cassius who is obviously younger, 90 yes. years younger. Uh, but I, I think we're going to see him again. And I, I think we'll see Sonara too.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, he clearly knew what the monolith was, what it meant, and realized oh, it might mean that they've they're using it right now.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, but does Cassius know about the other monoliths? Maybe. Were the monoliths created by the Cree who settled on Earth?
0: I believe. I believe so. Okay. Yes.
1: Then he may know about more about the history of those monoliths. Yeah. Also, I want to shift gears on to Fitz and Simmons. Okay. I want to talk about that scene where they're stuck in a room and Fitz sets up the booby trap for the Kree with the wire.
0: That was really gross.
1: Uh, While I was watching this episode, I sent everybody in our group, in the Welcome to Level 17 group, a message that said, this is this episode should come with like some sort of warning for content because this was a very violent episode.
0: Yeah. And and that was, I mean, he cuts off their heads.
1: Yeah. And it's not just the fact that he cut off their heads. It was Gemma's reaction. She was flabbergasted. She was not happy. That Fitz did that. She was a little disgusted. I think,
0: D- definitely disturbed by it. I mean, yeah. And, and this is getting into the the stuff that Fitz was talking about. Like he's got this yeah. dark side, and the
1: frame, what what the framework did to him.
0: Yeah. What? It, well, or in his words, what it revealed about him. But yes. yeah, it, and that was the whole. Thing with with Mac, where he's like, "Oh, you know, Flint doesn't need to see this. Flint doesn't need to do this. We need we need to get Flint working on building things up and not destroying things." And and that's why he doesn't want Flint to actually help with any of the the fighting. And yeah, that was rough. But then it was Gemma's idea to break the window and send all the Cree out into the vacuum of space.
1: Yeah, and I. Was not exactly happy with that because they were around the corner, and even the Cree the were sucked out, they should have been sucked out too.
0: I <laughs> no, I think they were behind a closed door, though.
1: Were they? Well, there yeah. was a little bit of wind blowing,
0: but I, I think they were behind a closed door. Okay. And and then then the the blast shield comes down or whatever. Yeah. But
1: I didn't think there was a closed door. I didn't see one, but. Uh, It just seemed like they were around the corner.
0: Yeah, well, it was. So then he's Max like, well, then you then then Flint, you made Flint do this. And and Fitz is all, well, that was actually a fiance. Max, fiance, what? (laughs) So it goes from the serious discussion about, you know, should Flint be seeing this? He. You know, and, and should we be doing this and oh, wait, wait, oh, well, uh, let's joke about fiancés. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think Gemma seeing that dark side, that ruthlessness come out in him. I think that's going to severely affect their relationship.
0: Yeah. And that's what Fitz is concerned about. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, I didn't feel like it was ruthless. I felt like it was practical, or at least that's how it was looked on. As you know, Fitz does this just because of what I got to do, and what I got to do is is take them out quickly and efficiently and, and chop off their heads.
1: Yeah, but season one, Fitz would not have done this, and and we know that Gemma prefers the cardigan Fitz over. Uh, framework fits
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, for sure, but even this framework-influenced version of fits that we wow. have now that he's outside of it.
0: Well, assuming that Simmons made it to the monolith in time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't... <laughs> it'd be goofy for them to do that. In the same way it'd be goofy for them to kill Coulson off and bring him back again. It'd be goofy <laughs> for them to... Just one more time, have Fitz and Simmons pull apart, you know, <laughs> separated by 90 years again. It, yeah. At some point, mm. you got to stop. You, you got to, you can only go to the well three times, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, let them get married and have a baby and have a whole three minute and a baby situation in the middle of this, you know, organization where they're fighting aliens. Come on. <laughs> That'd be hilarious.
0: It could be. It could be, or it could be the jump the shark moment. Yeah. <laughs> so it could go either way. But <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think we need to to listen to our our feedback that we got and and then uh, close this episode down. So okay. yeah. Shield field report. All right. Well, our email is from uh, Agent084 again, and this time the subject is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 510 Feedback, which is Season 5, Episode 10. And there's some pretty high praise that's coming out of this email. Ready? Yes. Not not high praise for us, but but high praise. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 510, best episode of the season, and definitely top five overall. My heart was racing the whole time. I went into this fearing Yo-Yo would be the seer, and little things throughout the first part of the episode made that guest stronger and stronger until finally, there she was what a heartbreaking moment watching her watch herself with no hope left and confronted with the almost certain possibility that this was her own future that mac was going to die it was rough to say the least then mac has to watch her die and then get put into one of the most brutal fights he's ever been in at least Cassius didn't break all his bones like daisy and then Cassius, there's nothing you can do because he's already taken everything from him As emotional as the Mac and Yo-Yo arc was, I couldn't help but smile at every scene Flint was in. It's sad that he didn't go with them, and he'll join Tess and Frame Ward and Frame Trip and Hope on the list of lovable characters existing in other realities. Deke sacrificing himself exposed an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. trope that started with Lincoln. Take a character that the fans have responded poorly to, wait until the last second to make him likable... And then have him sacrifice himself in the same episode. <laughs> a few IMDB things have suggested Deke isn't done somehow, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. The Daisy and Coulson arc I totally saw coming, as we all did. Coulson, knowing he doesn't have a long time left and telling Daisy I need you to lead, says to me that he's It says to me, it's her he's eyeing as his replacement once he's gone. One step closer to director Quake is a step in the right direction in my book, because if the show does end, it would be a great avenue to get Chloe Bennett into the movies. If we got a Captain Marvel post credit of her coming back to Earth and being greeted by Samuel L. Jackson style by Daisy Johnson, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'd lose my mind. I think I've rambled on long enough, but there's not – but there's really not enough good things I can say about this episode. It'll be a long four weeks. And I agree. Yes. We both agree. <laughs> so.
1: Yes. Oh, let's not forget also setting up Deke as – like Lincoln, setting up Deke as a potential love interest for Daisy.
0: Yeah
1: with having them argue all the time, which I hate that cuz if you're going to argue in the beginning all the time like that, it, it's usually an indicator that you're going to continue arguing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah, there there's there's ways around it, you know, where you learn yeah. you learn to actually communicate. I mean, some yes. people do. They do. Yes. Some. Yeah. But this is not this is not in humans where we're getting marriage lessons. No, this is, this is Agent's <laughs> Shield, so. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the episode. So, Samantha, if you would please, um, maybe give some final words and then we will close yes. this down. And post credit, I'm going to talk briefly about the Black Panther prequel comic that is a prequel to the movie. And, uh, I'll, it'll be a brief thing. It's Pretty much spoiler spoiler free, but you're planning on reading it, right, Samantha? Yes. Okay. I am. So you're not going to join me on on that because I don't want to spoil you on that because you have not received the comic yet, if that's correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah.
1: But I do want to say a special thank you to Andrew, Jeffrey, and Adzi for being our sponsors over Patreon, and thank you to everybody who is listening.
0: Yeah, and and I I agree. Um, thank you to everybody <laughs> <laughs> even people were not listening thank you so yeah well boy this uh this season has been fun there's a whole lot of mcu going on it just exploded and just got bigger and bigger and bigger and uh you know but i'm glad i'm glad we got you we've got stewart got daniel every once in a while evan every once in a while um but, you know, sometimes things don't always, always go great. And we have little things like calling out spoilers and stuff like that. But, um, you know, there's, there's good times and there's bad. And, and I always knew that working with you guys is going to blow up in my face. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, listener, it's down to you, and it's down to me. Samantha is not with us because we are here to talk about a comic book that she has not read yet and she plans to read. And uh, here's the deal. Uh, The Prelude comics are hit and miss. And so the question as I was looking at the Black Panther Prelude comic is, okay, is this going to be like the other ones? For example, the Iron Man 2 Prelude comic is actually just the adaptation of the Iron Man comic, you know, that kind of thing. But then the, the Guardians of the Galaxy Prelude comic actually had original stories that were leading up to Guardians of the Galaxy. And so they, when there is no direct screen thing, To use as a prequel story to the next movie, they will do something original. And I wasn't sure what they were planning to do with Black Panther. And part of why I wasn't sure what they were planning to do with Black Panther was because Spider-Man Homecoming was actually kind of an adaptation of Captain America Civil War. So the prelude comic to Spider-Man Homecoming was telling the Spider-Man part of the Civil War story with black panther as part of captain america civil war the movie i was wondering okay are they going to do the same kind of thing with black panther and they didn't and so normally when it's just an adaptation of the movie look i i like reading adaptations of movies and stuff like that but for mcu for for these prelude comics i want something more i want something a little bit uh revealing, you know, give us some insight into the character, you know, show us something fun from the past. Uh, The Ant-Man Prelude comic is an example of showing showing us something fun from the past. And for the Black Panther comic, well, they did the same kind of thing. They did something kind of fun from the, the past. And it gives some insight on the character. For example, I mean, we already knew that his father was Black Panther before him, but he has been doing the Black Panther thing uh, according to this this uh, this brand new MCU canon comic, he's been doing it since Tony Stark was Iron Man, and so this is something uh, he he has he's actually ahead of the game uh, as far as Tony Stark goes. Now he's been doing it in Wakanda, and so he's been doing it uh, kind of behind the borders. And when they would leave to go beyond the borders, it was because they were doing something to help Wakanda, but. That's that was interesting. That's fun. And so this story tells an early adventure of Black Panther, way back when. And that's again, it it, it gives us something new. It gives us something fresh. It sets up the character. It sets up uh, his relationship with his father. But then also it gets into a little bit of his relationship with the Black Panther. Um, Title and what it means for Wakanda and what Wakanda means to him. And so, uh, if you are getting the two issues, that's what you're getting is is that particular story. And if you were to get the the graphic novel, then I don't have the graphic novel yet. And that's probably going to be what you want to get from Amazon. It's only, you know, 11 or 12 bucks. Uh, I think cover price is only $15.99. And all of these. Prelude comics, what makes the graphic novel version of the Prelude comics really interesting and and, uh, just a good buy is you get the two issues of the Prelude uh, story, and then you also get kind of classic issues from the character's history. And so I haven't seen the graphic novel, and I, I don't know exactly what's in the graphic novel. I just know you're going to get something that's going to be classic, it's going to be, uh, interesting, you know, to take a look, kind of take a trip through the the character's history. And, and that's why those graphic novels work so well for me. Even if I'm buying a graphic novel that has, you know, a third of it is, is a movie I've seen before. There's all the classic stories that are, that go along with it. So yeah, that's, that's what's cool. I mean, the art team on this is, um, Will Corona Pilgrim is the writer. The artist is Anna Puala Martello. And the colorist is Jordan Boyd. And it's lettered by Travis Lanham. And, man, I am so jealous of Will Corona Pilgrim. He gets to tell these stories. He gets to be the one you know, here in this situation to write the Black Panther prelude story. And, um, I mean... I've, I've gotten to do I, I've, I've done stuff like this in my comic book career and I've you know done the adaptation of of books and I, I would just oh man I would love that job to be able to work on uh, MCU related comic books that would just be so much fun I would enjoy that so much I, I'm writing my novel and I've done superhero stuff and uh, you know, I've had a good comic book career as far as that goes don't get me wrong Um I'm I'm happy for the things that I've done. Uh but to be able to do this kind of thing would be so neat. So cool. But maybe that's why I'm not doing it. Or one of the reasons why I'm not doing it is because I would be doing it because I am a fan fanboy. I don't know if I could separate and be be professional about it, but I'm sure Will Will Corona Pilgrim can be super professional about it. Anyway, that is that. That is the Black Panther Prelude comic, and I recommend it. And, Samantha, when you finally get around to listening to this, if you finally get around to listening to this, um, I'm predicting you will like it. And so we'll see if you do or not. Listener, let us know. What do you think of these MCU comics? Do you read them? Do you like them? Do you even care about them? Well, let us know. That's all. That is it. Thank you very much for listening, and Godspeed, everyone.